Hello, everyone. Hi. Bonjour. <laughs> Today is about uh, Miles Morales' coming-of-age story. Mm -hmm. So, Spider-Man was the subject of two franchises, one helmed by Sam Raimi and Tommy Maguire, in which my friend Steve Valentine had a role, mm. and the Andrew Garfield helmed one, obviously. And this is an entirely new and different thing, which is, oh, and obviously the new one, which is part of the MCU Homecoming and uh, the post-Endgame Far From Home. Uh, this is an entirely new thing. It's an animation, and it, the uh, Disney Pixar had a, uh, from 2012 to 2017, they won each year the best animated feature. Mm -hmm. It stopped that year, this one. Oh, uh, I see. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Mm -hmm. There is, for info, there is, and uh, we watched it on iTunes US, and there is an, in the bonus, you have the an alternate version, which is half an hour, more footage in there. And it starts with a uh, short film of uh, Peter Porker's daily life. Mm -hmm. Did you watch any of the extras at all? The the bonuses? Mm, no. So did you recognize that, that uh, Maya Shalahali played the uncle? Yes. Uh, mm. Lieb Schreiber, the kingpin. And Nicolas Cage, Spidey Noir. I knew about Nicolas Cage. I mean, you could tell from the voice immediately, couldn't you? <laughs> this is a fun... Um, do you guys remember the last time we brought up Sony Pictures and Sony Animated Studios? Because I looked it up today and I was like, oh, that's when we last mentioned it. I read out a list on one of the episodes that we reviewed. I'll give you a clue. It was a just plain standard movie. Yeah, I remember it was bad because we we uh, we were talking about a whole list of films that Sony have been behind and it was they were all pretty bad. It was Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. Oh. This is the last time we talked about Sony Pictures in a whole. Although... Looking at Sony Pictures, they they kind of get a bit of everything. I mean, they're 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 distributing the new Tarantino movie. Then they've got like Jan just said with the new MCU movies as well. Mm. But it's like a whole different bag. I mean, we look at the last film that Sony Animated made before this was Emoji Movie. Oh God! Within that... the space of like nine to twelve months, they bring out this i keep on getting reminded of the emoji movie and it's very annoying because i very happily forgot about it very quickly <laughs> that film was so forgettable and so bad it's one of these so terrible movies that we couldn't even remove we couldn't even re review it because we're yeah. like we've nothing to say yeah <laughs> so obviously sony have stepped up right uh, I haven't seen that masterpiece that you keep talking about, the emoji movie. But it's not even worth. It's not even worth watching. Yeah, don't like it's even. not even so bad that it's terrible. Like it's just boring. Yeah. So basically, just don't see it. If yeah, you just plain standard. I'm sure we mentioned it last time we did this. The Denji Manji, like yeah. don't see emoji movie. Right. Yeah, I mean, with Spider Man, I mean, it's like. There are so many Spider-Man property things. I mean, going from video games, comics especially, well, obviously the comics, even different iterations of the comics, like with Sam Raimi's Spider-Man movies, which we may talk about one day, uh, that comes off the back of the 90s, of a whole different feel of Spider-Man and the 90s cartoon. And with the 90s came Venom. So we, there's this whole shift of what Spider-Man was. And then it was redefined by Sam Raimi as the rebirth of comic book movies because they were so successful and they were so different to such films like Batman and Robin and Batman Forever and our recently talked about um, Unbreakable. Mm. But 
in a whole new genre where superhero movies are now a category of now a genre i would say of its own yeah Mm -hmm. i'd say now that superhero movies are their own genre yeah um this is this is is this another just one in the background or do we think there was something special about this one as i said a few times before i have absolutely no experience with comics Mm. and there's loads of crossovers it's Kind of a, there are plenty of aspects that will probably titillate comics um, fanatics a lot. Mm. Like all the panels and the, uh, all that weird stuff going on. I, I don't know. I think what's interesting in terms of the Marvel in, at the whole, is that that's actually the first time we're introduced to the multiverse on screen. I kind of thought that comic book fans would be a fan of this animated film. Because it seemed like they there were strong connections between what comic book fans would read and this film, like, and they brought them all together, which is always fun to to watch, right? Like all the things that you enjoy, and then they bring it all together in one film. That has that even for myself, who I'm not connected to comic books at all, really enjoyed. So I can only imagine what it would be like for someone that grew up with spider-man as a comic book hero i mean there are whole there are so many different spider-man properties noir 2099 ultimate spider-man the amazing spider-man like there that was the thing as well like when they re, when spite when it was the sam raimi's finished with spider-man 3 and then andrew garfield's version took over they were not the um spider-man they were the amazing spider-man movies mm-hmm. um so there are so many different. I'm I'm personally I've never really read many comic books either, but for Spider Man, for me it's the game. I played God knows how many hours of Spider Man Two on the PS Two, which is a cracker of a game. And then recently, the Spider Man for the PS Four, which did introduce Miles Morales in that game. He's he's in the game too. Um, so I thought that was quite interesting because that game was September last year. Mm. So these the film and the game kind of came out around the same time. So both led into each other. Like if you were a fan of the game, which most people are, you would see the movie. And if you saw the movie and wanted more Spider-Man and, and more Miles, you could buy the game. So I think I used to timing timing was a great, a great help for this film coming out, I feel. Ah. We had the occasion to meet seven of them. So Peter Parker, a bit very briefly, uh, Miles Morales, Peter B. Parker, Spider-Gwen, Spider-Man Noir, Penny Parker, and Peter Porker. (laughs) Yeah, there were a few. There were definitely a few. And I think they very cleverly brought all these worlds together without making it too confusing or... Because there was a lot going on because, of course, you had all these characters and then you had, like, the main story. So how do you introduce all these new characters in without taking away from the main story? Mm. And I think that's quite a big ask and they did quite successfully. And the character design of each was on their own thing. It yeah. was... Mm. You couldn't confuse <laughs> any yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah, no. very true. Mm. Yeah. Uh, there is one thing that I think that was Kevin Smith that had a mini orgasm when it appeared on the screen as one of the first things the um, uh, approved by the Comics Code Authority seal. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I have no idea about comics again because I've never played that. But obviously in playing cards a while ago, now it's just 
seals that you have is just decoration, I think. But before, it was something like kind of a stamp for tax reasons <laughs> that right. you had on all playing cards. Um, I'm, I'm, I, it's interesting, those codes. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know what the, that comics code authority was. I checked very quickly on Wikipedia, but... Uh, yeah. It sounds like a kind of a panel of people that give it their own seal of approval. I mean, we're just coming off of watching Chernobyl, so panels are all all the rage. Um, I don't know either, but I do know for for like playing cards, well, I say playing cards, I mean like trading cards, there are authorities that like grade your card of like how mint condition it is. I'm assuming in this sense it's like how faithfully to the the comics this plays because you know there's a thing of adaptation in film i think th- probably this st- i could be wrong but this, this maybe the stamp is to do with that this is quite close to origins of comics and so forth and yeah or that at least that. they're respectful in their ad- adaptation without making it seem like a cash grab or some huge mm. box office you know um yeah yeah so that's a good sign if um miles has a very special relationship with his uncle in this am i not mistaken in saying that i'm the only uncle in the room you are the only uncle in the room Uh, three times over and uh i'm loving it and it's uh because obviously you don't have all the same responsibilities and uh, you know i just have to take the train and go the whatever and go there for a weekend and then i come back (laughs) uh so i can still manage in the small amount of time i have to shape those little uh, human beings in some way <laughs> now the um, sponge balls and playing cards and uh, yeah they love me a lot <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. the last one Ange is too small uh, so not yet but uh, soon oh yeah the only one with a french mother tongue oh really yes yes red and linear english actually oh oh yeah of course we met them didn't we briefly yeah they're very cute very cute they're, they're quite a handful. In terms of music, right away, a very snappy, very like you, you uh, well, I, li- I, li- I like the, the snappiness of it. Yeah, the, the music. Yeah, which was, it's not composed, it's a song. Uh, oh, a sunflower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, it's Post Malone, isn't it? I think it's somebody featuring Post Malone. Let me look that up. Mm. Who is that? Yeah. Yes, I love that song. And I also really, sorry, I'm going to add that I really like the way that Miles sings it like most people sing it. Like, oh, yeah. ah, 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 like they, they don't say the words. He's just kind of mouthing like random noises because <laughs> there are so many songs that no one knows the words to. And I thought that was a really good Or most way. people can work out what the end of a song lyric is going to be because it comes up in your head. You hear the first couple of bits and go, oh, no, I remember the, the, the end of the line or the help that it rhymes as well. So. Mm-hmm. there's all that going on even the, the distinct look of this film i mean i understand why it won animated film well best animated feature because there's a thing about the way that pixar and disney and dreamworks and even disney now actually make their films they all kind of look the same you could be mistaken for one another this looks distinct mm-hmm. i mean i read somewhere about the whole there are deliberate errors in the editing to make it look more like a comic book like like it's drawn as opposed to just like smooth animation which i think is great so it's uh it's by post malone and sway lee oh it's sorry thank god we don't we don't have the monetization i know it's 
boom, no money from this episode. Sorry. I mean, that was less than five seconds, wasn't it? No, nah, they're, they're, it's a whole thing on YouTube now. It's like, boom, any song, mine, your money, no, my money. Oh, so obviously it's an animated movie, so voice acting is heavily featured in this. So there's something quite fascinating that happens with good voice actors. We talked a few times about how when you're acting uh, standard, like in the, in the, in your face. Traditional. Uh, yeah, traditional. In the character, you bring plenty of yourself as well as the character. Um, the people like, um, well, uh, Nolan North. Uh, most of the stuff you, I, I know his voice because he was on uh, for Conman. I was facing him, so I know how he sounds in real life. Mm. Most of the stuff he does, you can't recognize anything. And there is a song which is featured in the end credits. And if you don't know who is singing it, I don't. Well, I didn't recognize the guy at first, and even still listening to it now, I don't. Do uh, you know who sings uh, Spidey Bells? No, I don't. Oh, Chris Pine. Is it? Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Okay, how come? Fresh out of the Scottish lochs. Obviously, Outlaw King. Yeah, it's uh, the, the the stuff that I, in, in one previous episode, a long time ago, I tried to sing that, and uh, telling you, you have to watch this, like, uh, why did I agree to sing this stupid song? I yeah. have a degree in chemical engineering. Very uh, at the end, and there was obviously a music video that finally made it to the internet afterwards. Mm. Oh yeah. Uh, New York City is where Spider-Man's stories are set, and uh, I, as I said uh, recently a few times, finally I went there so I could recognize plenty of uh, places. Was it? Yes, yes, yes. Oh yeah. Yes, just like in the Avengers, obviously. Mm. Uh, Oh yeah. Um, I would say so. I've not seen obviously every movie in the world but i would say this is probably unlike anything i've ever seen uh this film in what sense uh in in the with the 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 panels and the uh yeah mostly the 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 visual transformation of the comic panels into a visual storytelling thing Mm. Mm -hmm. uh maybe it's been done i don't know but uh yeah that's uh it's the first time I see that. I think it strikes out because as right now, the, if you think of a superhero movie, you think of Marvel. You mean you, you think of these? Well, some people will think of Justice League, but you know, sorry guys. Um, the the you know it they try it's it's almost like trying to make it as legit as possible. Like I feel for a long time that it was oh, superhero movies really. So there was a whole block of films that tried to make it more grounded, and now we get to films like Endgame and even more Infinity War, and for us, for Ragnarok, that stand on their own as films. And like that was a good movie, which superhero movies have really struggled for for a long time of um, critical reception as opposed to. Just the audience. I mean, there's a whole subcategory of YouTube videos about critics versus fans, on especially on superhero movies. Mm-hmm. But I feel for this one, it's like it's 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 not just to please over anybody. It's it's almost like a love letter to comic books, where I feel a lot of superhero movies have been missing that sort of flair for a while. Mm-hmm. Not by deliberately just trying to become real movies, but just for the fact that the Marvel Cinematic Universe is its own thing now. It's no longer, you know, serving to please the fans. It's now, it's got its own fans. It's its own thing. It's got its own body of its, well, it's its own revenue machine. You could, yeah, it it could do what it wanted to do. And again, like connect itself heavily with comic books where 
probably they grew up with. I mean, these guys are, the two directors of this are the guys behind Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs and I believe the Lego movie as well. So both of those, I was laughing out loud in every few scenes, like literally every few seconds I was like, that was hilarious. I think the Lego movie is, I've never seen anything done like that and I haven't seen the second one. Oh well, and then we saw the Batman one. But the first the first Lego movie when that came out, you're like, wow, they actually managed to make a movie with Lego figures. It was brilliant. It was incredible. The only thing I'd seen close to that was there's an epic Rap Battles of History video, which is Odin versus Thor. Mm. Uh, no, not Odin versus Thor. It's Zeus versus Odin, uh, which is made out of Lego, which I'll link to this episode at the end, which is similar to that style on a lower a lower key. But it's just that these the guys seem to just be able to create these things that just stand on their own. You know, they, they really care about animation, which is nice to see because... There are so many cash to grab animated movies, which if you're if you're like us and like um, people that comment on movies, I hate everything does movies that are knockoffs of um, Disney movies and DreamArt movies. You know, whenever a big film comes out, like Kung Fu Panda or something, you'll get a cheap knockoff that is just kind of cashing on that. And it's nice to see that animation is really having a surgence. I mean, TV is having a great surgence right now, but animation is is coming back in. I'm, and I'm, I'm glad because we, especially with all these different movies that are it's, its own genre now. I mean, end of last year when Incredibles 2 came out on digital release, I remember, is it Bird? I think it was I can't remember his first name, the Brat Bird or something like that. The, the director of it, basically, there was a debacle where iTunes had listed Incredibles 2 as a family film or for kids or something like that. And he's, and it, and he's like, but animation's for everyone. Like, it can't, it's, there's, there's not just animation for younger people, which is usually the deception of what animation is. And I'm oh, glad to see that that's not necessarily true, especially with this. I think a lot of animations also use that as a, a, a crutch almost mm. like oh this is for kids we don't need it to be that intelligent we don't need it to be that complicated like we can just make it base level and not spend too much on like script or story etc right and so and that's probably what you saw with emoji movie it yeah. was like this is for kids you beat me to it i was gonna look right at the camera and go looking at you emoji movie exactly <laughs> sorry it's all right the um so that's pr so it was nice to also realize that yes you can make a, a kids movie but it, it that doesn't mean that they're not intelligent enough to see that you know what's good and what's bad yeah look at Wallace and gromit and you can enjoy lego movie um the batman one i thought was really good mm. and then cloudy with a chance of meatballs chance of me i found that hilarious I and i loved it. it i thought it was great even like occasionally every easter in, in britain for some reason although it's probably because of the birthday of Wallace and gromit Wallace and gromit comes on every year and regardless of your age you love it and it's yeah. just the animation if animation is done well and people care about it like film anybody of any age can love it so this spider-man version i think is one of my favorites definitely mm. because it's it's like you have the nostalgia of spider-man but also you get all your all these like different versions and so you have like a new version of something that you like and then you have the really intelligent story of like how you you know like you can come into spider-man's character like where he started i thought it was a smart move to make the main focus between miles morales and another version of spider-man that we can relate to mm. i mean if they'd started with noir was the first one that came through it might have been a bit more difficult i feel i feel it was a great choice to use two characters one we don't know 
or a limited people will know because of if you're unless you're a super comic book guy. And then Spider-Man that everyone knows. So we've got these two really relatable characters that we know and we explore newer things. I mean, the scene of him, Spider-Man, Peter B crying in the bathtub because Mary Jane leaves him. I'm like, dude, got me right in the feels. Crying with the shower on. I'm like, oh, no, what a no. Adam still randomly brings that up to me. He's like, do you remember that scene where he was crying in the shower? Yeah. That was so sad. Yeah, it is sad. (laughs) Like, properly got to Adam. It is sad. But it's true. Yeah. It was also nice to see that superheroes can also fail in their own really bad, depressing way, right? Mm. Like, he totally gave up and he was just like a pizza. Eating pizza in bed, like, totally depressed and and couldn't even get out of bed. So, like... Cheeky bit of the pizza theme from Spider-Man 2 there. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, the tends to prove that, the, you know, the perception of superheroes uh, movies we talked about uh, before obviously if you're a west end actor <laughs> game of thrones would be tits and dragons uh Jan machine style or um <laughs> the mcu will be well uh, grown-ups uh, in costumes but actually i don't think so there was this whole thing i watched uh, i don't remember who it was a youtube video about how robin williams was crude over uh, his role as a genie Oh, I think I saw something like this Yeah, recently. Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. And they didn't market this as a Nickage vehicle or as a whoever vehicle. It was a Spidey story. It was, El- right. it was, it was our favorite, um, Lindsay Ellis. Yeah, she did a, um, a YouTube video about this. But it was really interesting because it talks about how when was there a shift between just bringing out an animation movie or and then making it about the voice actors yeah. and making it that like a PR stunt of like, oh, the way that we can market this is by saying that blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah is in this film. And really? it's like, yeah. why, why would people care so much that, and it's kind of this, this pretty age old question of the actors that you bring on will put bums on seats yeah that was a very two it correlates to the 2000s i mean the 2000s was a heavy celebrity era so maybe i shouldn't have said age old i should have said 2000 well it's true though because you think in the 40s and the 50s we have like starlets so in the same sense they were used to put bums on seats like it's always been a thing but the the end of the 90s and when the internet was starting like properly like that whole burst of celebrity of celebrity was huge before like social media hit and everyone was anybody could become famous like there was a whole there's a there's a bubble of that and it, it, it translates into film too you know like these massive stars that are just oh yeah like like beyonce is in austin powers 3 i'm like okay all right yeah, exactly. Like but, stuff like but, that. But also, I think it's it's also about not having a trailer. It's that's that's the trailer. Yeah, yeah, so you're it's, right. It's fine to use that as you know a bit of a crutch to say like, oh, this this person's in this film, and we're going to use that to market this film. That's fine because that's part of the business. But to use that as the only reason why you should see it is kind of sad because then people forget about story, they forget about character, they forget about structure, and, and that, the film is usually rubbish. And that's translated now into it's a superhero movie. There's a crutch of. This is another Marvel movie. We don't have to try. This is a Spider-Man movie. We don't have to try. This is a Venom movie. We we didn't really try. So the fact is that this film didn't do that. And so that's probably why it was better because it had to try a bit harder. (laughs) 
this film is that good that even with a disaster, well, I, I say disaster, I mean critical reception to Venom, which went on to make loads of money, mm. didn't really falter either or have any like people done with Spider-Man because they saw Venom. Mm. Even with that, against that, I would say, more than with it, it yeah. did sort of, it did really well and it's and it's it deserves the praise it gets. It, it tackles a lot of good things in it and, it and it does it while still being a superhero movie, which is kind of difficult to do these days yeah. because with I don't know where the gap is maybe when we watch the superhero movies again we'll see it when there's a shift in the Marvel movies when it stopped being about individual films and a build to Infinity War like there was always that we know where this is going let's get there sort of feel but I haven't seen them all in a long time so I don't know where that shift is Hey, um, did you notice Adam the Bond villainitis syndrome moment oh well which, no. which was in that line, you took my family? No, I'll make sure you never see yours again. <laughs> <laughs> Just shut up, man. <laughs> Kill him. <laughs> yeah, I mean... You got me monologuing. I love The Incredibles. I thought that a good use of the multiverse thing was the different villains. So we saw different iterations of the villains. For example, Doc Ock as a woman, which I don't know if I... I again, we don't know the comics, but that's a great use of it. And then different, like a Spanish scorpion. Mm-hmm. Um, who else did we get? Did we get, we got, did we get, well, we got scorpion, we got Doc Ock. Fisk, we, Fisk. We got Fisk was the main villain. And I'm sure there was one other, um, Killer Croc, not Killer Croc, that's Batman. Um, the Lizard. That's funny because uh. a lot of, <laughs> a lot of heroes and villains cross over with each other. You, what's this, what's the Marvel version of Killer Croc? Oh, Lizard. The mm. lizard, which is Doctor Connors, I'm sure. Oh, so you have you have kind of bad names depending on which comic did it. Well, the thing is, like, who did it first? I mean, Deadpool versus Deathstroke are the same sort of character. Oh right. Or yeah. like, um, oh that. I mean, that this conversation could go on forever. You know, right? there's loads. You know, yeah. So that's okay. that's what I meant. There are some funny organic moment. Well, moments of comedy, organic ones in there. Just like uh, Miles is about for the first time. He, he just use the stairs up to go at the top of that building is about to fly in brackets for the first time and then yeah no actually goes down the stairs <laughs> it's so human we've all mm. done that before right like you're totally rearing to go and then as soon as you get there it's like oh well actually i'm not gonna do this nope and it's it was nice because i thought that they made miles really human like that would probably be the way that we would all react like actually struggle with with the realization of you know how much responsibility is now on you mm. like that wouldn't just be like oh wow look what i can do and then bang you're the superhero like there's so much other human emotions going on and that i think that was really nice bringing the but i think comic books have done that well had done that they, they make it more human rather than quite a lot of these superhero movies they they leave that out because that's probably really difficult to write in the kind of human journey that you go through it's like walking dead the comic book is all about that it's never really exactly. it's never really about the zombies it's about the it's about the day-to-day -day and surviving Survival. of humans and yeah humanity continuing on but you can do in comic books because unlike like novels and stuff you could you could do short form and you get the bonus of images as well you capture imaginations really easily like there's a there's an image to go along with the story which mm. and it takes time and it takes 
Um, yeah, that's the other thing. It takes got a, a long time. You've got unlimited time for as long as the comic runs. You can develop the story as long as you like. Unlike a novel, it does have an e- a book does have an end point. Right, fair. I think that too. Like arcs of that's what they they talk about storylines and arcs in comics because you could go through multiple issues of a comic and it would be the story, right. as opposed to a graphic novel, which is a whole story. So there's that aspect too. When you look at the bonuses in on the iTunes version, there is a video about the Easter eggs, and obviously you've got the mandatory um, Stanley cameo in there, is speaking short speaking part, but Stanley is all um, appearing at least six or seven more times, but just like in a subway that he passes very fast, <laughs> either you or in the, in a crowd or. Yeah, they added uh, him a few times. Some of their, uh, the writer, the VFX supervisor, uh, family members. Yeah, plenty of stuff were added everywhere. I liked, there was one I spotted, which I'd seen on the internet, was the fact that um, the suit from Spider-Man PS4, which is the white spider, was in one of the cases in the background in the in the Spider-Man layer. The very, Spidey layer. Very left, yeah. Yeah. I also liked how this versions of Aunt May was was good as well i liked this as well ah that's good that you're coming to her i was about to ask so in all the what we had in the movies and well now there's who's your favorite uh version well actress playing aunt may oh favorite actress yeah the her from the the sam raimi's and an acting as an actress i like that there's a very like what that aunt may is that very sweet you know motherly figure very very sweet comic booky sort of character i think i like her the most but interesting to watch this one was the most interesting i feel mm, i see so uh mine is actually so let me see i don't remember the one from amazing spider-man i haven't watched them in years yes so my favorite is because i've seen her on stage recently sally field oh great actress is the in the amazing spider-man oh that is that who it is okay yeah okay That's the one with Andrew Garfield, right? Yeah, there. Okay, that's why. Because I don't like Andrew Garfield as Spider Man. I think that was totally miscast because he's too good looking. And, (laughs) you know, Peter Parker is not supposed to be like this gorgeous man, you know? Like he's not. And he he doesn't have that goofy quality that. Toby Maguire brings. But if we're going in this frame, Toby, everyone in the Sam Raimi Spider-Mans is just too old for the role. I mean, pe- that might be reason. <laughs> I forgot his name already. You've just said it. Toby Maguire. Toby Maguire looks about forty. Well, maybe not forty. He looks about Peter Parker's meant to be a teenager in in a. Yeah, in but Spider-Man. I mean that's. I mean, look that's at, Hollywood. I mean, though. look at Tom Holland. Tom Holland looks like he's twelve. Yes. Yeah, he's yeah, perfect casting so... for the age of Spider Man. He is. Yeah, but he's kind of got. He's he's also good looking, but he's got that kind of goofy, nerdy quality, right? And because and he's Andrew younger. Garfield doesn't have that. That's probably why I forgot about Sally Field because I don't like those versions. But yes, I do. I think she's an amazing motherly character anyway so did you see all my sons yes oh amazing yes i was uh, so it's interesting because for the first time i tried the lottery to get a front row seat for um all about eve with lily james and gillian anderson wow i tried four times never got a ticket yeah. uh so i had a ticket for all my sons but it said like i booked it like month ago and i received an email a few weeks before saying well there's actually a slight restriction because there is a tree that is i was like oh jesus okay <laughs> 
but when I was there, I tried the lottery and I won. So I actually went with a friend. So he had the seat with a restricted view, but he was actually uh, tall enough that it was not that restrictive uh, mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I was uh, in the front left row and uh, yeah, nice. just um, I was able to, to see Jenna Coleman uh, having uh, stuff with uh, Colin Morgan right in front when they, where they sat So at some point. And it was quite surreal when... The scene I did with Pammy for the Genam exam uh, <laughs> arrived. That was, that was interesting. Yeah, I can imagine. I, That's a lovely uh, play as well. So to wield back into this film. Yes. <laughs> um, the, if I'm thinking about it with like taking it apart, the multiverse part of it. I mean, I get that Kingpin was doing that because he wanted to bring back his family. His family, which yeah, that that's important, but. I don't know if the the, the, the other Spider-Men were <laughs> plural Spider-Mans, Spider-Man um, and woman for for Gwen. It was I don't know. It didn't feel forced, but then I'm like, it didn't feel necessary. I don't know how I feel about it because ultimately the plot wasn't about well, and it was about saving the multiverse, but it didn't feel like it was saving the multiverse. Like it felt grounded in one place, and I don't know if I'd like or dislike that. I think I like that, but. It is a bit strange. Well, For a film called Into the Multiverse, it's not really traveling. Maybe I thought it was going to be traveling through the different multiverses, which is what you would expect, and it twists uh, that expectation on its head. But then wouldn't that have been too confusing? Because, Probably, as I yeah. said earlier, that like the reason why they were only in one universe means that you, you're... But also they're they're being brought out of their universe, and that yeah, was why it oh was no, problematic. Right. Rather than traveling through and having this thing of like, oh, we can. Well, actually, of course, in the end, it hints at that, right? Because Gwen Stacy comes back for Miles. It's like the last scene, right? Mm, last she second. she like ha puts her arm through the portal, and like it's hinted that they can now travel through the universes, mm. and. So maybe the second film will be more up <laughs> Adam Street. I don't know. That, uh, you're right. That was the plot that Kingpin was bringing. The fact that he was trying to get them back was bringing them in. Yeah, okay. No, that I, was trapping them into this one I'd universe. forgotten that. So, you know, that it does make sense. You're right. I got to say again, I've never been... Uh, the most I've been invested in that Spider-Man and that uh, Hell's Kitchen and all that stuff probably was the first season of Daredevil. Mm. And I loved uh, Western Fisk in that uh, a lot, actually. But I never before that. Yeah, I watched probably all the Spider Mans, and uh, but uh, now here I uh, it was quite different, and I was engaged all the way through. Not enough to watch the the alternate universe version <laughs> mm. uh, because that would have required four hours in a row. Jesus, yeah, <laughs> this morning. But yeah, that, that's yeah. That actually, that's one of the movies I went to see thanks to the screen. Uh, the Cine, Cine World uh, Unlimited screenings. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Last, uh, well, a while a while ago. Mm -hmm. I was like, mm, yeah, that's, some, that's uh, something special there. Yeah, I mean, I, I th the one thing that really uh, jumps out at me is the, the color. Mm. Like, the color schemes of the, of the animation was so intense. And like the way that they used the, the graffiti as well. Like there was a lot of motifs that carried through the whole film mm. and the colors were just really i don't even know the words just intense basically and that's one of the things that i really remembered that they at least brought something new to the animation as well mm. yeah popping out like if you were watching this at night in the flat and someone was watching outside from the street oh 
there are plenty of colorful stuff happening <laughs> in that flat. Yeah, it was like um like a light show. It's called something. Yeah, like pop art. Um The Salomon? Andy Warhol stuff. Right, right. You know? Um Ah, that's what you mean. But also um like the light sh- like like that. Like what is that called? It's like uh <laughs> For audio listeners, Anuka's pointing at the light we use for the fluorescent. <laughs> Bright? Flore- yeah, fluorescent. Fluorescent light. Neon. Neon. Like, thank you. Basically, that's what I wanted to say, that there were like moments where it was neon and pop arty. I thought that was really nicely touched up. Hmm. That's cool. Um, was there anything else that really jumped out to me at this? I mean, I don't really know. I mean, it was one of these films that it's nice and it's rare for us especially because we watch films sometimes like we know when we're probably going to talk about them someday which is what we did for this one i mean we were just like had a spare thing to do i was like yeah we've got this should we watch it Mm. and i was able to watch this without really going with the critical eye but a lot of it stayed which is good yeah you enjoyed it you didn't you didn't watch it like oh i have to watch this (laughs) no of course not and i want to watch it again which i think is a really good sign Mm. do you watch the and the post credit scene the, the, yeah, yeah, it was good. With the, yeah. The, the, oh, I'm Spider-Man. No, you, you passer. Yeah. <laughs> Get him, Spider-Man. So it's it's interesting because I um I had a friend in the Navy a long time ago who was a bit confused because he met, for some reason, Tony Parker. And it was like, oh, I'm such a fan of yours. I never thought I'll meet Peter Parker one day. So exciting. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Yes, I think it's uh, one of his uh, best day ever to this day. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. He... Do you think people do hate that? Like, imagine if your name, like, all the kids that are going to be named, like, Daenerys and Arya and all these, like, uh, yeah. all these names after characters in film and film and media, and uh, years later finding out. I always wonder what that's like. Like, imagine if you're named something like... Like or go back like um like a Greek like a Greek myth name Odin yeah or um or Jason or something like that like or Danae or something like that like one of these names you come across like oh that's what they named me after oh f- Jason the Argonauts yeah and then Danae is I think is Perseus's mother I believe like, I'm probably wrong with that one but um it's like when you fight like that's the thing like if you I've never bumped into somebody whose name is um a character that I've liked. That must be a party trick as well. It's like, what's his name? Oh, he's um, he's John. He's John John Peters. Well, he's close enough to John Snow. And there is a John Snow. There's a John Snow that hosts Channel Four News. Yes, and like the, he is John Snow. Yeah, they, they met once. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the the question was asked. It was funny. Do you know? Do you know anything? Yes. Are you are you a bastard of the North? Yes, absolutely. Are you the true born son of? Uh, spoilers we won't do that <laughs> there, are, there are very nice and weird names uh anathema device i've started to well i finished um, i'm on my second viewing to watch uh, good omens oh yes i want to see that because i like i like david tennant <laughs> and i like the michael sheen and neil gaiman yeah but i'm a huge fan of and John yeah, huge fan of neil gaiman but also um like mythology and um dante's inferno like all of that stuff is so so interesting didn't know you were into your renaissance poets yeah i am big fan of virgil but also dante's inferno is a, is a uh, but also you have the book don't you well it's the it's the poem in it by virgil yeah that, but I think there's a book. There probably, yeah, there probably is. That, that's not for everyone, though. I, I tried to convert my brother to Terry Pratchett's Color of Magic. Mm. Didn't work. No. Uh, it's the same with you, Jan, the Game of Thrones novels. Yeah, well, because I struggled to start them. Mm. Mm. Just like the style was 
really, I struggled a lot with the style at first, but yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Fantasy is not for everyone. But, yeah, but it it was not because sometimes it's because you, it's you have so many names you can't pronounce. I you you ever tried to read the start of the Bible? It's just like yeah, okay, I'll forget, I'll just uh, pass on Aramathian. that. Aramathian. So I'll now use the uncle's uh, wooing technique of uh, hey. Uh. <laughs> yeah that's not gonna work i mean the what that did i don't know if that annoyed me the cliche that the uncle's the villain at one point you know that and then the the, the hero's confidant turns out to be a villain cliche a bit annoying but yeah and also a little bit uh tapped on i felt a little bit like oh okay yeah i mean his death motivates him to be closer with his dad but we could have got we could have got that from the end of the film when he like saves his dad. There's a lot of ways we could have got it, but you know, for a film this long and I guess they needed the uncle to die and there to be a raising of stakes. Oh no, they needed the uncle to die because Uncle Ben dies. Oh yeah. Oh, he's his Uncle Ben. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and Gwen's was best friend and Uncle Benjamin for uh, I don't remember who was the anime girl, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. they all had their yeah. Okay, okay, I'll give it that. Maybe I'm just thinking it's cliched because Spider-Man created that sort of cliche. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Does anyone else have any major other things to cover with this? I feel I'm close to the end. Yeah, I'm close to the end. Um, I don't have anything to add. No, the stuff I have to add are afterwards. Yeah. All right, you want me to do the writing? Should we get into that? We are we there? Yeah, sure. So was Spider-Man into the multiverse? Spideyverse? Spideyverse, isn't it? Uh, Spiderverse. Spiderverse. Spider-Man into the Spider-verse. Spider-Man into the Spider-verse. Good, bad, or just plain standard. Anouk? It was good. It was really good. Like, I want to watch it again now. And I'm glad that, you know, there there is another really good superhero film out there. Rather than just another cash grab. Or at least, like, follows the same template. Mm. It's, It's different. And, yeah, so definitely go and watch it if you haven't. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Quite pleased with this. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm good. They made it just for you. Just, you're quite pleased with it. Yeah. Started out all right. Well done. Um, <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's very good. Um, top tier superhero movie. Yeah. I mean, at some point, I'm sure we're going to go through the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe. I mean, if I dragged you guys <laughs> through the Saw universe, I'm going to have to drag myself through the superhero universe too. But yeah, good. I really enjoyed this. Um, go to Spider Man film. Actually, I would say. Mm-hmm. Really go to Spider Man film. More than Spider-Man 2. Throwing it out there might be better than Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2. I don't know. I think I think so, yeah. I think so. I, I think I, I think I we watched Spider-Man 2 recently and it's really good, but I would say this is maybe better than it. Mm, yeah, I, th- I agree. Cool. I'm sure you've got some addendums, yeah. So, Bohemian Rhapsody is doing very well on Audio Mac. Oh, brilliant. More than a thousand listens. Jesus, really? nice yes thanks very much guys cheers yeah sorry about sorry to the guy who did the voice for freddie that i didn't like your cover originally that was a bad day for me but (laughs) you were good in the film yeah definitely he was good in the video it was just i was just not feeling it i don't know why that's mad a thousand that one yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a mad game, which which honestly, what podcasts do well and what you can't capture because uh, for a while I thought that it was Suburbicon was doing really well, and I was surprised at that as well. Yeah, it's just it's surprising. And then Ghostbusters on um uh the other one we use, what's it called? 
the speak not speaker uh, anchor anchor that's it mm-hmm. i would like today to send my heartfelt appreciation towards someone i did not suspect i would be impressed so much by so you know of dynamo you may have heard of cyril takayama and chris angel but way before them the first person who turned the camera around and started filming the audience more than himself while he essentially invented what is now known as street magic. So David Blaine is currently, at the time of this recording, June 2019, doing his first UK and Ireland tour ever. And I went to see him in Edinburgh last night. So most people know what he does, so I won't elaborate on that. Except maybe tell you that he stayed in the water-filled tank for 10 minutes and one second during that evening. <laughs> Bloody hell. What? Yeah. What I do not have seen that much before was this. So imagine you're facing a magician who there is a bet involved and he bets a um, hundred pounds. And if he fails, you get the bill. And if he, if he does not fail, he gets his bill back. Most of the time, the magician will win, so it's fine for him. But sometimes he may fail. And most of the time, magicians will find try to find an excuse and leave. David Blaine is the kind of guy who will just, well, he never fails. But if by any chance he did, he will give you that bill. Right. Essentially, during the show, there are plenty of stuff that are used. And at some point, there is kind of a um, like two meters by one puzzle thingy that is used. And the kid, that it's always someone from 15 to 18 that comes to help for this, lives with that framed puzzle. Wow. All right. Yeah, which is which is awesome. And plenty of stuff that are given away throughout the whole show. That's cool. Yeah. yeah that's, that's very nice. Yeah, uh, that, that's, just, uh, that's just incredible. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's great. Anouk, I have a copy of She Shall Not Be Moved, the program thing. Yes. So, um, I can plug it if you want. Definitely bug it. Okay. So, set in a modern-day witch trial, this piece is a meditation on what it means to be a woman, the challenges we face and how they shape us into the women we become. It's uh, called She Shall Not Be Moved. It's produced by Black Ginger Productions and Stuffed Puffin Productions. It's 14+. plus. That's the first time it's produced. You can get uh, two-for-one tickets if you're a friend of the Fringe. It's flagged as physical theater new writing. It's at the Space on the Mile, Space 3, from August the 19th to the 24th, from 11.10 morning to... uh, It's 55 minutes, and that's £10 or £8 for the concessions. I'm glad you guys managed to get it sorted out. You're not late in the evening. That must have been to do with it. It was going to be 18 plus for the venue. Yeah, it's it's uh, obviously in the. They they got it through, which is yeah. good. Yeah, I'm excited we'll to see it. Hopefully, get more people involved in. Yeah, I've uh, I've been. We've got like our own uh, chat that I've just been added on to. So we're talking about stuff, yes. and so it's it, the ball is already rolling like hugely. And I've got my script, and I've you know sent my I've signed things <laughs> it's all very professional and great um so yeah if you guys are in Edinburgh for the fringe definitely come along and hit me up afterwards we'll have a drink I mean even though that might be at like 12 a.m but still 12 p.m now that's important because I tend to leave afterwards I don't want to disturb things. wait is it 11 50 a.m or 11 50 p.m 
AM, right? AM. Yeah. No, it should be AM. I don't think they'd have a play oh, at yeah, hour eleven fifty. Right. No, and they actually use the uh, international hours on the program. I think uh-huh. they right. have seen like twenty three hundred hours. Oh for, yeah, yeah. For the uh, shit face Shakespeare stuff. Okay. Ah, so. I definitely want to. See if I can make that this year at least, because I've missed so many moments and it sounds so good. Definitely try and see as much as possible this year. Mm. Um, Yeah, so quick review of the Saraya store. So essentially the video, well, the video should be back so you can see it. The t-shirt I've been having the whole way through was part of the, if you listened already to uh, Fighting With My Family, you'll know that uh, I ordered something here, the Saraya store. I ordered on the 25th of May and it arrived on the 3rd of June with a 31 pound VAT in import fee waiting uh, yeah okay yes so when you order more than 100 dollars the shipping is free but yeah the trade deals are are the trade deals so you had some uh, Anyway. More than a hundred dollars. That's wow. a lot. <laughs> oh, that's wow, a, man, that's a stinger. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, so the Maori order was one hundred and sixty-eight. The shipping was three because of this. Yeah, and the pounds I had to pay extra was thirty-one. Oh right, yes, okay. Yes, that which is uh, yeah, but when I pay more than ten, usually I'm like, Arr. but it's obviously based on the on the prices of the items. So wow, but if you only wanted one T-shirt, for example, then you'd have to pay that plus the the, the shipping fee. yeah everything yeah yeah, yeah yeah that's expensive but worth it because we love soraya <laughs> mm-hmm. it's also interesting because she's from the uk and i don't think she has a store here it's from the california ah. uh, interestingly it fits a bit like i usually take four x's mm-hmm. and three x's is perfect uh, so i get a mix of uh, but i didn't know that in advance but and the fabric quality is excellent and oh, the t-shirt actually is quite long, which is better for me. So I, even though I, I was able to be half, well, mostly naked on the stage for a month, I try to avoid that in daily life. So the longer it is, <laughs> the better. Good, good. That's, that's a good way to live, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, the so I understand why they were like, uh, I think it was like 28... Um, dollars because that's really good good quality it's not like a 10 cents uh chinese thing i don't that's good i don't think it is that's good yeah um are you familiar with pinta yes of course yes uh, betrayal yeah. yes of course okay so i went to see that at the harold pinton theater and charlie cox the daredevil was uh, jerry nice uh zowie ashton was emma oh i've seen a tra- uh what's it called uh on the oh. tube on the tube uh, map tube things what are they called adverts sorry yeah. <laughs> i've seen posters thank you posters for it and tom hilderston as robert great cast and it's interesting because i got i i knew exactly the day i wanted to go there so i booked a while ago to make sure to secure the seat which mm. was front row mm. a bit on the right 160 pounds okay um Oof. it's it's weird because the stage in this theater is probably as high as i am <laughs> luckily the way it is staged i was able to see everything but i'm actually going back and thanks to two day ticks i found a 18 pounds standing ticket in the grand uh, uh, gallery thing oh great so I'll be wow able, that's good i'll be able to see a few things i couldn't see uh, while I was too close. Oh, we should keep tabs on that on that app then. 
yeah uh it's it's sold out everywhere uh except uh i set an alert and a few tickets are uh, popping up a few uh times a day but it's it ended when you're listening to this so that was until the 8th of june it was extended once i don't think it will be again i'm not mm. sure but mm. yeah that, that saturday okay that was that was really nice uh i i, I was not familiar with pinter oh he's he's cool very strange but cool I think we're good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so thanks again for listening. Thanks, guys. We were Adam, Anouk, and Jan. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Good, the Bad, and the Just Plain Standard podcast. If you like what you heard, you can leave us a review via iTunes. If you want to keep up to date with what we're doing, you can check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Good Bad Standard Podcast on both platforms. If you fancy seeing the live streams that we talk about on the podcast, they can be found on youtube.com. You search for Milk in a Wine Glass. There are other bits and bobs on there too, just to see what Jan's up to during the week. And if you really like us, like really, really like us, why don't you head on over to patreon.com slash goodbadstandardpodcast and have a look if you want to support us. Any small donation is appreciated.